0: Hope you are having a wonderful weekend. I want to thank you for joining us as we start this new series, forward. So forward is defined near being at or belonging to the forepart situated in advance. Another definition is strongly inclined or ready. A third definition would be uh, notably advanced or developed. A fourth definition is moving, tending, or leading toward a position in front. Uh, A fifth definition would be advocating an advanced policy in the direction of what is considered progress. And a sixth definition is of relating to or getting ready for the future. J. Oswald Sanders said, true greatness... True leadership is found in giving yourself in service to others, not in coaxing or inducing others to serve you. If I could give you one main thought for this whole series, it would be this. The world needs people anchored to Jesus, not turned by emotion or culture, not moved by pressure or politics, having depth in scripture and impact in culture. In this first part of Forward as a series, we want to talk about something called vision. Now vision can be looked at in a few different ways. One of them is used to cast light on the future, vision of what is to come. Uh, The other one is to speak of what will be. Another one is vision in terms of the scene is the encounter of having visualized something. We uh, always envision things every day. I want to read to you on this, this clip about Walt Disney on October 1st, 1971. Five years after the great Walt Disney passed away, Disney World had its grand opening. During the dedication ceremony, someone turned to Miss, Mrs. Walt Disney and said, isn't it a shame that Walt didn't live to see this? Mrs. Disney replied, he did see it. That's why it's here. See, vision is a part of our everyday life. We build around the vision we have for our family. Every morning when we wake up, we envision something throughout the day. It could be lunchtime or going to the gym or even just coffee itself. But the idea is that we envision and we utilize vision every day. We we see something that's, that's going to happen that day. We look forward to it. We envision how it's going to happen. And it doesn't always happen that way. But vision is utilized pretty much every day. Vision is defined in the Oxford English Dictionary as the faculty or state of being able to see. Also defined as the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. The third definition, an experience of seeing someone or something in a dream or trance or as a supernatural apparition. In scripture, we see this account of vision being used as the experience of seeing someone or something in a dream or a trance. So I want to make something very clear. I'm not talking about a weird experience. I'm talking about something that's in the Bible, an account that we can look at and see how God used a vision in someone's life. We go into the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 10 through 12. It says this, Now there was a disciple of Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. So let's pause it right there. Okay, first, there were two visions in this account. One was given to Ananias and the other was given to Paul. God spoke to Ananias in a vision. Paul dreamt about Ananias in a vision. So we know this, visions can come from God. Now, not all of them do, and we'll get into that later, but the idea is that God can use visions. So, God speaks in visions, and we can be pretty clear about that. It's pretty solid. Direction is clarified in vision, and that's something that we can also agree on, that direction is clarified in vision. God gives us vision to understand the direction in which we need to go. Vision always brings clarity to direction and so the idea is this when we're trying to figure out lord what do you want me to do what is the next step or the next place or what do you see for us in the future lord you know sometimes we'll get this vision and this vision will not be uh, all encompassing of the situation we won't know exactly what it means in the whole way we won't even know how we're going to get there But the idea is that God uses vision, and in visions, we get clarity on direction. But I want to read more. In verse 13, it says this, But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. In verse 17, so Ananias departed into the house and laying his hands on him, he said, brother Saul. The Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. So God gives Ananias instruction and direction in a vision. And then the first thing that Ananias does Is question and say Lord I have heard from many about this man how much evil he has done so the reality of this is visions don't always make sense to us visions don't always take us to a place where we think we need to be as a matter of fact sometimes we've envisioned something or God gave us a vision of something and we didn't like what we saw the question is are we obeying where the Lord is leading us whether we like it or not Ananias simply said I don't know about this, God. But we know that he went. God literally gave him this vision, spoke to him, said, go and do this. Ananias was like, I'm not sure about this. I don't know if this is really something I should be doing. But God was like, yes, you should be doing it. I need you to go do it. So he goes and we see what happens in the spiritual manifest a result in the physical. And this is something very interesting. When God speaks to us in the spiritual, in the vision area, where we see what God has spoken, put in us, when God has spoken to us, we can see that when it truly is God, a result comes in the physical, where we know God moved, God gave this to me, God put it in my heart. And what we can identify is that if it really is God, there is a physical manifestation of what was birthed in the spirit. So God gives us to Ananias some instruction and direction. And sometimes we ask God for direction, but we don't always like what he says or what he gives us. When we say, Lord, I don't know what to do next. What do you want me to do? And then we envision something and we're like, what the heck? I'm not moving to. We say, God, you know, give me understanding. Give me direction. Give me clarity. Give me, give me a mission. Let me understand. Let me envision what you want me to do or see. And, and God gives us this vision. And it's something that we're just not ready for sometimes we even get scared of it just like ananias so for example there are some that god has put a country in your heart god god literally put you and you saw yourself in that country and you you were looking around and you realized oh i'm in this country and in this vision you saw this but yet you are scared because maybe it's not a safe place or it's not 100 you know easy for you as an american the reality is this What God puts in you is a seed to be watered, meaning it should be worked on and planned for. And the reality of God and vision is that these these visions that God may put in us, you know, the reality is this, what if Ananias was too scared to go? He would have been in the Bible as someone who just didn't obey God. Paul had a vision of him, of a guy named Ananias, coming and praying over him and Paul seeing again. So Paul had this vision and Ananias had this vision. There's a reality that if Ananias had not gone, he would be in the Bible as someone who basically flaked. There is a moment when you have to move forward. There is a moment when you must take a step in faith, not knowing the full reality, not knowing exactly what it's going to look like, but you have to move forward in that is it scary yes is it a challenge of course is it difficult it probably will be but the reality is this when that vision comes to life and you see what god birthed in the spirit manifest itself in the physical the reality of everyday life you are number one you you know that god is moving in it so there is a moment when you have to move forward in acts 18 5 through 11 we, we read about an, another vision, and this is something that where Paul is now going through something that is a pretty um, scary situation. So it says this, When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. And he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord, together with his entire household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. We see that God gives Paul another vision and speaks to him. And now we can be pretty confident knowing that God uses vision to clarify our purpose and mission. God uses vision to clarify this. And the clarity of mission allows us to take action so the vision comes the vision gives uh, direction and clarity to the mission the mission is understood and then we take actions you know and then in looking at all this stuff understanding vision brings clarity to mission and mission allows us to take the proper action however there is something definitive that we read in first john and it's test the spirit we're testing to see is this from god Because clearly, as scripture teaches us, there are many false prophets. I even believe that many don't even know that they're a false prophet. They truly believe that they're presenting the gospel. They truly believe that they're advancing the kingdom of heaven, when in reality, they're actually taking two steps back, one step forward, every single time. This is how cults and unhealthy, toxic churches exist. People that say, I heard from the Lord. I heard from God. I saw in a vision. I saw in a dream. And the reality is this, we are to test those spirits. As Christians, when you hear someone say, I saw this vision or I have this dream, we are to test those spirits. And if there's no testing of the spirit, We enable those who are unhealthy and we give them place, we give them platform, we give them uh, leadership, we give them open door to give us direction and the reality is that Bible teaches us to examine these things and to test them. And in 1 John 4, 1-3 it says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world by this you know the spirit of god every spirit that confesses jesus christ has come in the flesh is from god and every spirit that does not confess jesus is not from god this is the spirit of the antichrist which you heard was coming and now is in the world already the testing of the spirit brings about a result of clarity of whether this purpose this mission this ministry this leader is centered around Jesus or something else that you understand Jesus through the Bible and the Bible alone everything else is in addition to the Bible, but the Bible is the thing that you absolutely need and is fundamental to understanding who Jesus is. So when someone says you don't really need the Bible, you can read this book instead and you'll understand who Jesus is. False, false prophet. Why? Because they're not centered around Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And we know that this is talking about Jesus. False prophet will always emphasize That you need their program, their ministry, or their book, or their relationship more than you need Jesus. They'll say things like, you need this book. You need this ministry. You need to sow a seed. You need to be part of what we're doing. You need to be in relationship with me. The reality is this. That is a false prophet. Because what they're doing is they're centering everything around something other than Jesus. The center on Jesus is the spiritual test that we find because we know that a healthy Christ-centered church teaches about Jesus, emphasizes reading your Bible. A true prophet will always position everything around Jesus and point you to Jesus. And the fundamental truth about Jesus being the center is that he is the son of God and is the savior of humanity. These are, these are what you find at the core of someone who is centered on the belief that Jesus is Lord. Another follow-up sign that I believe that is, is huge and in action is Philippians 2, 3 through 5. It says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Counting others as more significant than yourself is a huge mark of a healthy ministry. The humility to say that I'm looking at others and their need as God looks at them to serve that need. That's huge. Every ministry that is healthy has uh, no selfish ambition or conceit. Uh, They in humility count others as more significant as themselves. They say, man, what they're doing, let's help them. Hey, you know what? Let's pray for them. Let's, let's be a part of what they're doing. How can we serve and, and be, help that ministry grow? How can we do these things? And, and counting others is more significant. Literally is giving up so others can have. Giving up something so others can have. A Christ-centered organization will always reflect Christ's teachings. It's that simple. It will, it will always reflect Christ. So in closing here, uh, Jeremiah twenty three sixteen says this, thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the false prophets who prophesy to you. They are teaching you worthless things and are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own mind and imagination and not truth from the mouth of the Lord. Joel 2.28 says this, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. So there's a reality of this this coming to pass where we see visions being part of Everyday life, where people are seeing, "Hey, I saw this man. I, I had this dream. I, you know, this was something I saw." And and the reality is, we have to learn to understand how do we look at these things? How do we deal with them? Uh, you know, what are we centering it around? Is it around someone's own ambition about growing their ministry, growing their business? You know, do whatever they think that they need to do for them, or is it about building the kingdom and saying we need to point people to Jesus? In any movement to go forward. You first stop you stop and you examine and you assess and you say where do we go from here and in that moment that's where you you're making time to pray you're reading your Bible you're asking God for clarity in your your mission so you can take action and you begin to envision and see what God has put there and you align whatever it is that God put in your heart to Scripture you say Lord This is what I think you told me to do. Let me read the Bible and make sure this is from you. Does it point people to Jesus? Does it count others as more significant than yourself? And these are very simple things we can look at. Does it point people to Jesus? Does it look at others as being more important than ourselves? The world needs people anchored to Jesus. Not turned by emotion or culture. Not moved by pressure or politics. Having depth in scripture and impact in culture. This whole series is summed up in that thought. The idea of forward movement, progress moving towards something is you first have to envision it you first see the vision of what God is going to do and it's caught in your spirit it's caught it's it's sometimes a dream an actual real vision sometimes it's really just uh, something that you can envision someone shares it with you and you're like I can see that happening but vision is something that is important in in forward movement because with vision you begin to understand mission and with mission you can take action. So I want to encourage you today. The world needs people anchored to Jesus, not turned by emotion or culture, not moved by pressure or politics, having depth in scripture and impact in culture. To give you a little thought in what this whole thing comes from, I want you to understand something. My frame of mind starts with this scripture. In Micah 2.13 in the Amplified Version, it says this, The breaker, the Messiah, who opens the way, shall go up before them, liberating them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out. So their king goes on before them, the Lord at their head. What I truly believe is this, in our forward movement, in going forward, God has already gone. He's already stepped out in front of us. All we're doing is walking behind him and following what he's already doing to say, Lord, I'm going to keep moving forward in your footsteps, following your trail. What you already did, we're following that. So I want to make sure that you understand I'm not talking about doing anything, you know, groundbreaking or, or or so new and so you know recreating things. I'm saying this. I'm saying I believe that God is moving forward ahead of us and we're following him. And that's how we move forward.